0: All right, good evening. So, uh, it's, it's coming, right? Uh, so, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit um, about what, I guess people could sometimes have the feeling about Pesach, and this is in, on many different levels, is that we invest a lot, uh, before there's a lot going on in the before and uh, Pesach is nice and uh, it 's it's eight days and uh, it 's kosher and it costs a lot of money and uh, and it 's a time to catch up on a lot of lost uh, sleep and energy that, that people have expended over the month before and and a lot of times that's that 's kind of the way we look at it. And I want to perhaps offer a little bit of a a different or a more nuanced perspective on what exactly uh, we're doing when we are going through preparations for Pesach. And I want to come at it from a story. Now, this story has, there are many, many different angles of lessons that could be learned from it. It, is, um, it's, it's, uh, it has uh, a lesson having to do with preparation for Pesach. Has, uh, we'll see other lessons as well, which maybe we'll have time to talk about. But it's basically a story of, of a, a specific person. His name uh, is Rav Shemshem Pincus, who people, many of you probably have heard of, um, who was someone who was in... Uh, he was an American... Who ended up in Eretisrael and became a tremendous Marbitz Torah, a, a tremendous um, emanator of Torah and his ability to put very, very complex ideas into a, uh, a, a very easily digestible and inspirational um, a, a package. Was something that he was really just uh, so super, so super unique in 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 that realm, and he described and and really it as a as a person he was someone who was uh, he he obviously had a very good understanding of things that we would refer to as Kabbalah. Um, He was a very very Holy person, person who emanated holiness, and he gives us a description of himself. He he was unfortunately um, nifter in 2001 in a car accident on right before Pesach, and um, and but he gives us a description of himself and what it was in his mind that that kind of brought about like a real seismic shift. In his life and and in in his in in, in who he was. So uh, so so this is this is a piece that was published. Um, it's it's I think that the, what it is they took a tape of him speaking, and they they wrote it down. So this is a so let's just start from skip the first two lines, and um, second paragraph. So he starts like this. He says. Biyosi bacher biyeshivas brisk. When I was a bacher in yeshivas brisk, his korarti mishutefes I lived in a shared apartment with a bunch of guys. That's how. That's how. It, that's how it still goes. Uvalil bedikas chametz and on bedikas chametz night, notarti levadi de demigurai. So he was left by himself in his room, in his in his dira. Everybody else probably went back to America, and he was that American. A uh, kid who was left in Eretz Israel, so he's in his apartment by himself. B'sha hamayu So at the right time, nahakti ki metzuvaledu mi chazal midin edrabanon. I did that which Chazal tell us as a rabbinic injunction that early arba, also boatkenes vachamis laarhaner, that we take a candle, flashlight, whatever it is, and we do bedikas chametz. Bedikas chametz. This bedikas chametz bechal ha in the whole. Apartment, nisarcha of aruchah v'ot kamashos took many many hours. Hamalacha ha'isa It was very hard. Now, just a, a point about betikas chametz. There are two uh, versions of betikas chametz that people um, do. Some people do the long, and some people do the uh, the, the the quicker one. Uh, and there are. The the basic idea is that b'dikas chametz is supposed to be a person going around on that night with a candle slash flashlight whatever it is, looking very carefully at every nook and cranny of their home, making sure that there is no chametz there. That is the letter of the law, and if you think about it, based on the size of our homes, uh, if one would do that, it would really take a very 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 long time to go through every single inch and spot of your house, your closets, your dressers, your cabinets, everything, top to bottom, it is a very, very time-consuming thing. And there are many that do b'dikas chametz that way. There is another kind of way that people do b'dikas chametz that it also has a basis in halacha, which is based on the notion that there are those that have cleaned given areas throughout the lead-up to Pesach. They have put a bounty on the life of anyone that would dare come with chametz into those areas. And in doing so, they have assured that those areas had been checked uh, and cleared out of chametz. And therefore, one can just pretty much cursorily look it over and say like, okay, was this cleaned? Was cleaned? Check, check, move on. Um and and uh and, and do it that way. So and, and you know, so there are those two extremes and everything in between that different people do. So he did the uh the longer apparently version of things and he said it took a long time and it was hard. And at the end his he says, I was very tired. Ma'od. ha and at the end of the mitzvah, his yashafti I sat down in my place, Yaga very wiped out, but satisfied me that I had done everything as I should have done it. Lefessa, suddenly. Nisarti lachorai, I like kind of like jumped backward. Alias hagad. Wait a second. What about the attic? The attic of the building. her Harti, I thought about it. Vekamti mimkomia got up. Kenashrachnachash, like I was bit by a snake. Hare Emishiiv to Nobody is checking the attic. He knew somehow that the neighbors in the building didn't check there. So what's going to be with the attic? It's clear in the Shulchan that it's the rooms of the house and an attic that requires and then understandably I had a war going on inside of me. So he started asking himself, hey, wait a second. This is everybody's uh, shared, it's a shared attic. So is this mitzvah just for me? So everybody's problem. This is everybody's shared area. Why should I be the one who's got to go and deal with this? That's what he thought to himself. And the fact that he was like totally wiped out. That was obviously uh, helping out um, one of the sides of this uh, equation about what he should do. So he said it's just he had all these thoughts swirling through his mind. Very, very difficult. But at the end gamla believe me i decided anilo akhna i'm not going to give in akaimis hamitzva bishle musa i'm going to fulfill the mitzvah in its entirety badikas chametz kedem i'm going to do badikas chametz the right way Yatzasi. so i went out valisi bigram hambredego so he goes up on the up the steps basakti isadala sa'alia so he opens up this shared attic area. I turned on the light, but but my light my eyes went dark. Because Ramilsa, it was logical that Shoshonim Rabbos, that for many years, people just threw things in there and nobody really ever cleaned it out. Avos, there was lots of thick dust. Couldn't even start to do badika lahagia How am I going to check the cracks and crevices of this place? It's filthy, it's a mess The alpidin And the first thing one has to do before doing badiga's chametz is to make sure that the area is clean Um, So therefore, so he held that this place was Because it's considered a place that Chometz would be brought in. And this is something to keep in mind. I don't know exactly what the situation was. If somebody has an attic in their home and they know that Chometz is never up there and never has been brought up there and never, like, nobody goes there, then it is a place that is not required to have Chometz. One does not have to uh, move their bookcases in order to see what's got, you know, if anything is under them. If they've been there and they are there and they're not going anywhere, then just leave them. Same thing with your oven and your fridge and all those things. Any kind of big thing that just stays in one place, the underneath of it is a place that is not required to be cleaned or even checked. So, but in this situation, even though there seemed to be a lot of dirt over there, he still had this feeling, or this, this, this uh, knowledge, that this was a place that would require bedikas chametz. So now, it's the middle of the night, and here he finds this entire huge area that is requiring not just bidika's chametz but cleaning as well. So he says, I stood by the doorway, and I felt this, this tiredness in all my limbs. I couldn't even think about what in the world I was going to do now. And, and this is after he made it, like it's one thing if he hadn't made the decision yet. Like, you know, you could look at it and say like, oh, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe it's not my problem. But he said, no, it's my problem. I'm going to do it. And then he goes and he sees what he's got to do. And it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Vihineh. Azarti chail baos, so I girded myself with strength, Gamarti Omr Balibi, and I said to myself, A Kaim Essachiv Bukholeev Ad Mesiras Kala Kochos Vihima. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be do everything that I can, I'm gonna put my all into it, and will what will be will be. So, Asafti is Kochosai, I gathered my strength, Yoranati and went down to the house. Into his apartment, I filled up a pail of water, Alisi Molamala, So I went up there with this pail of water and I started doing the heavy cleaning. Isham. So he says, so you got a Baker all by himself, nobody else there, in midnight on b'tikas chomet's night. So he starts cleaning up messes that have not been touched in years. I was like covered, like surrounded by dirt, and my strength was like waning. me. I asked myself, Himvadai Sha'ani the mitzvah?" Like I would start doubting myself. Like, is this even a mitzvah? Like, what am I doing here? But the mission and a si la mitzvah the rabbanon But I said to myself, no, this is a mitzvah. There's It's the Rabbonon, but it's a mitzvah. His chazakti od va od. I strengthened myself more and more. Arkharav laalos ha'shachar, till it was already dawn. Besofar shmur haachrona hidlakti esenir. So just as the night was ending, I lit a candle. Vehischalti bebedikas chometz, and then I was able to do it. Did the cleaning? Now it's time for bedikas chometz. It's Baosai Radu, my fingers were trembling, the inai natsmu, umamash sumakli kriat and my eyes were like closing, and it was right around the rooster starting to crow, Siamtas Khiv Badikas Kamits. I finally finished Badikaschumitz. So he did it. Baboker, the next morning, Bashachris, so next morning it's next minute is next morning, right? In the morning, call Vakholskkin Acherkach, Hisi mode. So he says he was like totally wiped out. But L'nuach Lo Yisir it couldn't rest. Eikiv Tirdos Erevayamtiv. Yomtiv, Erev Yomtiv, Erev Pesach, day of the year, Sreyfas chametz he got to burn the Chometz, V'Cholshar Mitzvahs and all the other preparations that he needed to do. V'Chashavti believe me, I thought to myself, Miodei Aza Leil Haseder Kvar Yiali Kishayefus like basically at the seder, I'm a goner. Like, there's no way. I'm, I'm not going to make it. Like, this is, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to at some point flop and it's going to be the end. Anyway, Higia Lel HaSeder. So, Seder comes. In this moment, there started to flutter inside of me a new sweet, very sweet taste. Chashti ba'argadal. I felt like I was like some sort, somehow touching like some great light. And I began to say the Haggadah. Every word and letter just had this like tremendous deep meaning for me. And when I ate the matzah, I felt that this is something that like I would give my life for. It was so amazing. And I felt like this great light inside of me all night long. Okay. I felt closeness to Hashem. So, I was on this tremendous high. He describes that he turned himself, I turned into a different person. So the Seder ends, it's after midnight, he's still awake, and he just had the most awesome religious experience that he had ever had before. Then, It's like, I couldn't sleep. I could, There's no way at that point I could go to sleep. I stayed awake all night long. Talking about, dealing with, Yetias Mitrain. Khuzu Hargasha shall kirvaselo kim lo hai sili miyomdi And never before had I felt such closeness to Hashem. Bethila at first, Khashafti, Shahar Gasha Murer Miramemes Kazu, Shayekas Rak Lilel Sader. Right? First thought probably was something like this is like, you know, some sort of like delusional high that I'm on because of sleep deprivation. But he said like so I started thinking that like this maybe is something like Lael Seder is like this special night of closeness to Hashem, okay? but the next morning in the mor next next day in the morning, Kolayom, and as the day goes on, I still felt this just super intense closeness to Hashem. That afternoon, Yumt afternoon, I thought to myself, like, I don't want to, like, who knows if this feeling is going to last. So maybe this is just like a first day of Pesach thingy. I don't know what's going on here. He says, but still, even a cholamoid, he felt this upliftedness and these elevated feelings just still, still were, like, shaking around inside of him. He says, he's like, the whole time, he's like, I just couldn't stop learning. The whole time, because I just felt so close to him. I couldn't deal with anything other than closeness to Hashem. And then when Yom finally ended... Also Mahshevas Tsar says I was so upset to the point where he cried, I had like this like lofty Yamtiv. But like what's gonna be tomorrow? And like I just I did not want to leave that Yumtiv feeling behind. So, B'Shonahi, that year, Yom Shabbos Kodesh Yom Shal was the day after, like this year. It's the eighth day of Pesach, or in Eretz Israel, it's the day after, but V'chashavti. So I strengthened myself and I thought, Okay, Harimochal Yichol Shabbos Kodesh. Tomorrow Shabbos Kodesh. So I'll be able to go at least from Yom Tev into Shabbos. So, hello Shabbos, is Yosher miYamtiv. Shabbos is even holier than Yamtiv. Shari Shabbos nebar v'ki dashtu mikol Shabbos, it says, is even more sanctified than all other times. But osa Shabbos, and he said that Shabbos chashti laRishona es tamah shel Shabbos kodesh. It was the first time he tasted what Shabbos Kodish is really supposed to be like. Velarishone hivanti es inin Shabbos kodesh. It's the first time I understood what Shabbos was. Umi Hechala kol aliyasi, and that's where my whole aliyah, that's where my whole rising up in rochnias, it all started from there. And he concluded, he said, "Im yeshli mashu hu if I'm anything today, harisha hakol mikolcha shal mitzvah achas derabanan shal bedikas chametz, it all comes from that one mitzvah derabanan, that one rabbinic mitzvah of bedikas chametz, shne echaz diba vkiyamta Nafesh that I grabbed onto and I fulfilled it with Mesir As-Nefesh. Elu Diver Rabbeinu Shimshon, these are his words, and a fascinating, spooky thing, says that it, this, the, the piece ends by pointing out that Chazal tell us that it's Tzadik, we know that like Moshe Rabbeinu was born on the seventh day of Adar, and he died on the seventh day of Adar. And it's not a coincidence. The Gemara says that Hashem fills the years of, of Tzadikim, that somebody, uh, so, so therefore somebody who's born on a certain date, Big Tzadik will also die on that date. So he says that when did Rav Pinkus die? He was brought to Kivura on the night of Badiga's Khametz. That's when it was. So it was like, you know, that was like his birthday, so to say. That was when he was born, and that's when he was, that, that, that's unfortunately when he was nifter. Okay, so we have a very, very fascinating story about someone who um, went the extra mile and, and th- there are many, many takeaways over here. That, like, you know, there are many things we could take away. We could take, that, the idea that, that um, uh, the sense of what Mesiraz Nefesh, where that could bring a person, if a person is really like, says that I'm going to go to the nth, Degree. I'm going to go to the edge of my strength even when I feel like I got nothing left in the tank I'll just go till I drop. That's what I'm gonna do. That's that's one thing the idea that he didn't let go That too often like we feel like an intensity within something and then what do we do is we share? We ah, I need a break. I'm gonna you know, let me let me just let me cool this thing off a little bit and he, he like he hung on to that sense and allowed it to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger um, and ended up accomplishing like otherworldly things because of it. But I, I want to focus on uh, a different idea over here, and and that is what he was. What did he do? Like, where did this all come from? This all came from something. B'digas chametz is a mitzvah. B'digas chametz is a mitzvah, and it is a mitzvah that the rabbanon, that is rabbinic. Because, according to the Torah, there's a rule. Don't have chametz. Now, according to the Torah, what does that mean? It means, figure out how not to have chametz. It's up to you. You can search your house. You can sell it all. You could, there are lots of things that you can do in order to get rid of your chametz. Chazal went and they, made an, they established different things that we do. We do badikas chametz, we search for chametz. We do pittal chametz, we make our chametz null and void. These are things that Chazal enacted in order to kind of give us the tools with which to go about getting rid of our chametz. Cleaning for Pesach. What is that? What is cleaning for Pesach? Cleaning for Pesach is not just, uh, you know, of course everybody tells you, it's not spring cleaning. Yes, it's not spring cleaning. It's cleaning that's done in the spring. Um... But it is an act that seems very difficult. Not doesn't doesn't give people a sense of uh, mitzvah. They don't feel that kind of of power in it, and uh, it could you know, frankly, it could be a it could be a, a difficult drag getting involved in that kind of stuff even, and yes, it's like, yeah, you can cool it, you can overdo it, you know, there are different ways of, of going about one's Pesach cleaning, which I guess we'll talk about Wednesday night, but the but but, but as far as, like, what it, it is to us, is it's kind of like this thing that we have to do, we have to put all this in, in order that, you know, someone should go on our Pesach, you know, light a candle, and, uh, you know, before the candle goes out, or, you know, the flashlight run around the house, up and down, 20 minutes, bada boom, and then, like, you know, move on to something else. That's the mitzvah, but what am I doing? Like, what am I doing for the month before? What is that? The answer is that that it's all part of the same preparatory process of getting ready for Pesach. I mentioned earlier that there are elements of it that even potentially count as being part of the mitzvah, and while it's not a mitzvah that feels... Like, there are certain mitzvahs that, like, you know, they feel... They, f- you know, feels holy. You know, when you're having... Uh, you know, when you're eating... When you're eating Maru. I don't know. There's nothing really enjoyable about it. So, what are you doing? Okay, so you're doing something that, you know, like... Okay, so if it tastes really bitter, so then I'm really doing something... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm accomplishing something. You're feeling something that's not um, mundane. But cleaning for Pesach just feels like very mundane. It's just like, you know, you got your Clorox, you got your Fantastic, you got your, you know, you got all those things and you just want, you know, walking around your house cleaning things and then making sure that other people don't walk in there with chomets and it's just, it's, it's, it, it can, it can weigh a person down. But it's, it's all a matter of a person's perspective because if a person recognizes that what they're doing is, is that they are making, there is a, there is a mitzvah There's a there's really there's an avera of having chametz in one's home. It's a big one. It's a person who transgresses that gets kares. It's really not really to be avoided at all costs. And any prepar any act that, that a person does in order to make sure that their pesach is done right is not just some sort of like mundane act that doesn't count in the mitzvah department. It is part and parcel of what it is. What did he do that night? What took so long? So, yes, he did a long B'digas chametz, true. But then he describes how he got a pail, and he spent most of the night cleaning, from, from midnight until almost dawn, he was cleaning. And then, at the end, he took a candle and went, through, went around and did B'digas chametz. So, if, if we're to break down so what was it that he expended all of his Kawach on? What did he put all of his efforts into that he like, you know, felt like he was Moser Nefesh for Pesach? It wasn't the B'dika. It wasn't what we would call like, oh, that's, that's the moment of the mitzvah. No, it was the cleaning part. It was the cleaning part because that served as the setup to his being able to do B'dika chamit. And that is just as valuable as the mitzvah itself. This week's Parsha is, is a Parsha Shmini, and it describes how on the eighth day, there were seven days in which Moshe Rabbeinu was kind of going through a dress rehearsal of what the Mishkan, what Avodah and the Mishkan is supposed to be. And then on the eighth day, that's when Aaron like takes over, and he gets in there, and now, now it all begins. The first I'm asked, Wait a second. So what day was it of the Avodah? It wasn't the eighth day. It was the first day. Because the first seven, they were just practice. Why is it called the eighth day? It's not the eighth day. So there were seven days of practice, and now this is opening day. And so, you know, they don't count... Uh, people follow baseball here, but they, you know they don't count the exhibition games... As like, they don't count. It's not like, you know, no, the first day is the first day and whatever happened before was just just practice. But the idea is that, no, 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 you know why it's the eighth day? Because the seven days of practice, the seven days of setting up, being able to have the avoda go, the way it's supposed to go and go smoothly, those are days that are baked into that day. So the day one only went well and it was only what it was supposed to be because of the seven before. So it's not that the seven are just cut off and thrown away. It's that, no, 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 it's a you Now it's the full unit of those eight days that are packed into there. So when you have a home that is Karsher for Pesach, when you have a mitzvah of B'dikas Chometz that's getting done, what is, it, what is it a reflection of? It's, not, it's a reflection of not that moment, it's a reflection of everything that went into that from before. So when a person is, you know, uh, scrubbing the top of a stove, when a person is, you know, uh, putting foil on the, you know, on the somewhere or other on there in the kitchen, right? Wh- whatever it is that a person is doing, a person's just you know going through the basement and, and and checking through things. All of those activities are activities of mitzvah. They are activities that are part and parcel of what is necessary to prepare for Pesach and in being part and parcel of the preparations for Pesach, they have the ability to infuse us with that ruchnias, with that sense of, uh, uh, of, of closeness to Hashem, of dedication to Hashem, as any other part of anything else that we do. So, the, the, I don't want to say that it all comes down to one's attitude, but a lot of it has to do with the, the focus that a person has, when a person, the the idea that there is this drag, and, you know, um, the, 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 uh, we won't get into the gender roles of, uh, of Pesach, and like how certain things have become, you know, the woman's role, and then men's role is something different, like, none of that makes any sense. There's the, the isser of having chametz in a house on Pesach um, is, uh, is, 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 is gender fluid. It has nothing to do with anybody's gender. It's male and female. The idea of needing to be at a seder and eat matzah and maror and, and four cups. Also, guess what? Women have that as well. So it's not just things where like, you know, men are supposed to like be well rested for the seder while women are not. Like it's, everybody's got a role in, in everything. But, Yes, and certain jobs, I guess, fall to different people in a family. But it's not that anyone should should ever... F- the, the, the sense that we have that it's a drag because it's just preparation is, is, a, is, a, is it's a very, very misplaced sense of priority because things only go well when they are well prepared for it. No one is able to, rare is the thing that has ever accomplished anything without lots of preparation being put into it. So whether it's, uh, the, you know, so, so the, the person who's the tremendous athlete that's able to do, you know, to run this fast at this, in, in this, in this distance in this amount of time or hit a ball this far, it's, it, it's not a factor of what they do in that moment. That really is just a measure of how much they put into it before. When a person is, is uh, when a person comes to daven. If, if you haven't, if a person has never opened a sitter before, if they've never thought about what the words mean, so yeah, davening is going to be a drag. How good something is, is very much based on so what you put into it in advance. People generally wouldn't get up and make a presentation in a public you know, thing or, to, or talk to a king or you know, whatever marshal you want to use without having put some thought into it before. So, how could a person, you know, when people show up on Rosh Hashanah and they're like, uh-oh, I didn't think about this before. It's a problem, because it's the preparation that makes what it is as good as it is. It's the preparation that shows how of how important it is. So, if a person is, is going to go and try to, you know, at the last minute... Um, you know, I'm just going to sell all my stuff, and like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go get some, uh, you know, some brand new Airbnb, and, uh, and just go there for Pesach. So, is a person accomplishing um, Pesach? Are they, are they doing it? Yeah, they're doing it, and, and there, there's, they haven't done anything wrong in doing so, but as far as, like, how much have you invested in the mitzvah? Like, what have you put into it so then a person has to ask, I mean, maybe they invest a lot of money, but like, you know, as far as investing, like, themselves and putting their, being most or your nefesh for it, that's something that is invaluable. And this story over here that Rup Shem tells about himself is a story of a person who went and really felt like he had nothing left in the tank and he just said, I'm going to do this because I got to do it. And whatever happens, happens. And and. And if my seder gets, you know, blown up, my seder gets blown up. And if, uh, and, and if other things in, you know, uh, if, if other elements of his life, his tiredness, whatever, like if they don't go well, so be it. But in this moment, I've got this act of preparation. But I have this act that I need to do, and I'm going to be in the here and in the now, and I'm going to do it. That, that activity, that, that, that commitment that he made, was something that was able to launch himself into a whole other sphere, a whole other dimension in his life. There's he, the, His safer like, you know, the idea that he describes, that was the first Shabbos that he that he tasted. He has a safer on Shabbos called Shabbos Malkasa, in which he describes Shabbos in a way that, like, you imagine, like, you know, very, very super holy people who lived thousands of years ago would have experienced Shabbos. But he was just like a person, like lived, you know, in the 90s, like that, you know, that he was describing Shabbos in the 90s, like, you know, what was our Shabbos like in the 90s? Not like that. And where was he able to get that from? He was able to get that from because, from this commitment that he made to being able to put in the preparatory work. So when we have to go and get into this, so there are two ways we could do it. We could do it, resigned slash resentful, slash whatever, this is I guess what I gotta do, and get into it like that, and hey, listen, it counts, you're doing it, or a person can realize that, no, 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 this is something that has such tremendous value, this is something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes and, and, and in a sense like reciprocates, like a gift of, of Kedusha, a gift of closeness to him because a person is putting themselves out for Hashem. And uh, the, the, when, when we go and we categorize mitzvahs as, this one feels holy and this one does not, we, that puts us at a disadvantage. It puts us at... Because we're missing out on opportunities that present themselves in the mundane. Things that seem to be very just regular, mundane, annoying things that we have to do. But those are the things that really give us the ability to build ourselves and to make ourselves into different people. And it really is all about the attitude that one has when they approach it. And if they recognize that, they say that, listen, now, you know, Hashem, I'm doing this for you. So I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, I have my Q-tips and toothpicks and I'm going through this thing. And why am I doing this? I'm doing this for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, and when a person has that attitude, so then if these mundane activities... Can be totally, totally transformative for a person. So, um, you know, as we enter the season, we should, we should, uh, you know, keep this in mind, and um, you know, you should all really take advantage of this. And uh, anybody else in your family who you want to bring along for this tremendous Ali and Ruchnius, you should, in, you know, make them come aboard and and, and join you in doing so, um, and uh, to, you know, share share the wealth, so to say, uh, and. Um, and okay, so, you know, uh, next time we meet, we'll talk about what one has to do and um, how one doesn't have to go that crazy in order to, uh, to, to be m'kayim, uh making sure that our homes are our hummets free. Yeah.